Welcome to the Radiant CEO Podcast, a podcast for entrepreneurs ready to scale their business and live life radiantly. I'm Liz White. And I'm Haley Burkhead. Together, we created Radiant CEO. Hey, welcome back to the Radiant CEO Podcast. I cannot believe this is episode four, where we're going to be walking you through the plan and process behind the Radiant CEO Summit, which wrapped up last week. Right, Liz? It did. And so we are so excited with how it turned out. Oh, and we're yeah. going to break it down for you into about three parts. So this is yeah. part one. Um, and we're going to be covering the plan, how we determined summit programming, how we chose our speakers, how we actually laid it out to get everything done. We're going to cover all of that for you in this episode. That way, if you want to start a summit, you totally can because you can do anything. Exactly. And it's going to sound like a lot because this is being broken up into three parts at least. But honestly, it was quite manageable, I think. Yeah, I think it was quite manageable too. I can't imagine doing it alone. Like having Liz helping and me helping Liz. Oh my gosh. It was just a breeze. Also, Mm -hmm. Liz and I work really well together. So (laughs) there was those, those factors as well. If I had to edit videos, I think we would still be working on the summit. It was, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you killed (laughs) it on that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I would say working with another person on this that complements your skill set well definitely helped. But all of these processes and plans can be done by one person if you are really – strategic about it. So let's get to it. And let's start with how we determined the summit programming, because I think this is where we started from the beginning, even after we came up with the concept of what would our virtual summit look like. And it was definitely different than others that we had seen. We were used to being given all the interviews in at different times. So let's say an interview released at 8 a.m. and then one released at 9 and 11 and 1 and 2. And you had to wait for the next interview. I mean, we're all business owners. So it was frustrating to Liz and I. We're like, we don't have time yeah. to sit around and wait for this interview. Exactly. And I totally understand the thought process and the strategy behind doing a summit that way. Totally. Because it's all about monetizing it. And yes. I think for us, our first item was just getting the summit out there and then Mm -hmm. thinking about how to monetize afterwards because for us, this was and it did start out as a passion project because we wanted to see a summit that was done differently than what we were seeing in the creative online space, especially among women entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that we weren't super salesy. I don't feel like we were. I liked that our number one goal wasn't to monetize the summit because Mm -hmm. you see summits that where there is their number one goal, it's super obvious and it's super annoying. Yeah. And I think too, is just getting a peek behind the scenes at some summits that are kind of following the framework of really large scale summits that are going on today that you see and actually seeing the breakdown of their sales and their signups. I think we blew it out of the park because we did do it in such a different approach. So to determine the summit programming, we really 
consolidated what we wanted the virtual summit to be based on the Radiant CEO movement, which we talked mm-hmm. about in episode one, where we right. broke down exactly what Radiant CEO means and the actual movement behind it, which was to bring together women leaders and teach you practical ways to scale your business and your mindset as well. And so determining the summit programming that way, I think we first determined how many days we wanted the summit to run, which was three, and then realistically how many speakers we would want per day. And so we determined it would be 18 to 21 total. So that would be six to seven speakers per day. And then based on that, we broke down and brainstormed a bunch of different topics that we thought were really important to cover and that would complement each other well. And so we first off started with what exactly, um, which topics we were going to cover rather than which speakers we were going to try and um, line up first. So we did do that a bit differently. Yeah, we did. And I think what was different for me and what was really hard for me to wrap my head around is Liz approached it so different than I did because I'm so marketing heavy. Like my whole business is all about teaching marketing. My podcast is all marketing. Like everything to me is marketing strategy, all this stuff. And Liz brought in this whole new aspect of being a CEO that I don't think about a lot, like mindset and fashion and like, how are you dressing? What are your money blocks? You taking care of your finances, like all of this stuff. And then it became more of a cohesive unit to where now, instead of the summit focusing on strategy and scaling as a CEO, it focused on being a CEO. Like what does it mean to have your whole entire lifestyle mean that you are a CEO. And because of that switch, I felt like our theme was direction. Like what direction are you headed? Right. Um, and transitioning, transitioning from where you are to where you need to be. Exactly. And I think too, um, some of those topics I wanted to include because one, I'm not seeing it done in a summit that's also talking about business. It's either like business, a specific um, niche or topic or then there's also some other just like lifestyle summits that I've seen before, but I hadn't seen them together. And as a business owner, there are a lot of things that I'm interested in in my day-to-day life as well, which I think does fall into like the woo-woo scale of things. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to at least bring in a few of those different topics because I do think it's interesting um, and important to pay attention to you as a person, not just you as a business owner. So so. yeah, so let's then switch over into how we chose our speakers. So we had our list of topics that we would really love to cover. Um, Some of them were general, some of them were more specific. For instance, we knew we wanted someone to talk about promoted pins. And then we knew we wanted to cover a video, which was a little bit more general. And we broke it down into a few different speakers. So then in order to get the speakers that would mesh well with the topics, I think we really both one kind of talked about who we like following personally and who is very involved in their community, their audience, and has an online presence um, as an expert and then kind of figuring out who would be really great to talk about those subjects based on what they're already talking about in their business. And I do want to mention that we did not ask for list size. 
we did not choose based on their audience because like we talked about at the very beginning, we weren't looking to monetize this. This was more who can bring the most valuable or the most value to our audience and that's who we chose. Exactly. Um, and I think as summit participants ourselves, we also had that experience of people asking for our list sizes before determining if we were Ugh. quote unquote good enough to come to the summit when in reality, Sometimes when you participate, your list size is bigger than the person hosting the summit. And yeah. it's just kind of interesting. It's you know, ridiculous. this, yeah, this, we weren't doing this to grow a list size. We weren't doing no. this to really like make a boatload of money, right? So we were doing no. this because we didn't see it. We wanted it to be something that was in the online space, especially for right. women. Yeah, we just wanted to empower women. And I feel like we did a really good job with that, especially, and I love that we had a Facebook group too because mm -hmm. we got to see the comments from everyone. And mm -hmm. I don't know, it just solidified all the, made all the hard work we did so worth it. So. Right, yeah. So touching on that Facebook group, we did decide to host a pop-up group so that then we could provide more value to our attendees. Our speakers could come in and go live, answer any questions. And it was a really great way to see who was signing up and what they were hoping to get out of it as well. What did you think about this, uh, the Facebook group? Yeah, I really liked the Facebook group. I loved going live. Like when I went live on day two and I got to interact with a lot of the people that were watching the interviews, it was so great to see their takeaways. And that was really cool for me because, you know, I obviously had my own takeaways, but then hearing their takeaways, it was such a different perspective. Um, so that was really neat. And I just liked seeing everyone connect. Like there was a mastermind formed within the group from the ladies in the group and getting to see that take place was really cool. Um, there was just some really cool friendships that were formed that week. And I don't know, it just made me so happy. It was just like we were two mamas with all of our little babies. <laughs> know everyone was just loving each other it was so great <laughs> yeah that was really cool and I also think what was interesting is in a Facebook group now you can require people to answer questions before admitting oh, them yeah. so we were able to see like how many years in business were you in what are mm -hmm. you looking forward to learning the most and what was most surprising to me based on that was that we did have a lot of women who were in the very early stages of their business and um just based on who we created the summit for, that wasn't really our target actually, but it was really interesting that it did appeal to these women just starting out, which I think is amazing because if you're aware of things down the road that you need to be mindful of, need to be planning on, then you're going to have a leg up rather than someone who's just kind of guessing along the way. Yeah, totally. So let's talk about how we actually planned it out timeline wise like how we actually mm. planned out the creation of the summit so we started in february <laughs> right that's when we started <laughs> brainstorming and i don't think we actually really started actively working on the, the summit summer? until the summer that's yeah, when we first started reaching out to our speakers that we, we wanted. did a lot of prep work and we made sure i think we took some time to make sure we were still on board like we took maybe three months to kind of let it marinate and mm -hmm. sit with us and see if we were a good fit and like all that stuff we really made sure that we had enough time and i really like that we did that and yeah yeah 
And I think too is we determined when we wanted the summit to actually take place and then we worked backwards from there. Yeah. So our first deciding factor was, okay, we want it in the fall. When should we have it in the fall? We should have it before Thanksgiving. We should probably have it after Halloween. Um, we were kind of thinking early November, which is what we ended up doing. Mm-hmm. And then once we knew when we actually wanted the summit to take place, then we determined, okay, we'll go through a two-week launch period and then working backward from there. Okay, what does that mean? Do we, when do we need to have all of our speakers interviewed by? When do we need to have all of our speakers confirmed? When do we need all of the materials from the speakers um, in. And so breaking it down into those step-by-step details on mostly due dates for when we needed materials mm-hmm. by um, was really great so that then when we were creating things and we were um, actually scheduling things into our calendar, we knew exactly when we needed everything by. Which was all in Asana. And in Asana, it makes it really easy to break down one project into tasks and a checklist and a due dates. So that was awesome. I think our Asana board, our Asana project could have been cleaner. Probably. But (laughs) yeah, I think that it may not have been organized the best, but I think we did have a lot of our due dates in there, which helped a lot. Just seeing that big picture and then all of our project due dates and Uh, That definitely kept us on track because with the summit, there's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. And I think also we did break down those tasks into what either of us uh, really excel at. So Haley was able to edit the audio and edit the video because she has a lot of experience with that, whereas I have no experience with that. And so Mm -hmm. I handled setting up all of the payment gateways, setting all up um, the sales pages and getting um, a lot of like the speaker, what would they be called? Like touch points done. Um, And And I love that because that's the, those are the tasks that just drain me. They're so detail oriented. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ugh. but then when I'm editing, I feel like editing is more relaxing to me where, you know, on one of those videos, I spent four hours editing the audio. It was insane, but it wasn't as draining to me. And if Liz would have been editing for four hours, she would have ripped her hair out and <laughs> on the keyboard, like been super pissed off. I think also if you had, if you were spending four hours, it would have taken me at least eight. I think I would have <laughs> given up and just been like, well, that's just not working. I, yeah, <laughs> I, screw this. <laughs> I'm done a little bit. And I think also too, what was fun that we really decided or not decided we kind of caught on early on is that Haley is really great at starting things and (laughs) I'm really great at finishing things so we had finishing things yeah and so we had um all of our emails outlined and then Haley went in and kind of drafted them up and then I went back in and edited them so it was a really good experience um, just because both of us had our eyeballs on it both of us had input on it Mm -hmm. um, but then we were able to do it in a more strategic way too so neither of us was feeling completely overwhelmed yeah and I think that if any of you are looking to partner with someone make sure that your strengths match with their weaknesses and their strengths because that's super important like if I would have had to do any of the stuff that Liz would have done I would have just felt drained and stressed and you know it's not that we've ever really snapped at each other, but I could totally see that happening if this project stressed us out to that extreme. And that's not cool because you never want to be that person, but stress can make you into a terrible human being. So um, making sure, yeah, I would say that if you're going to partner with someone on this, 
you need to really vet the process because right. I've had some terrible partnerships in the past where they've stolen my money and like all this stuff. I just I really want to stress interview people before you partner with them. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so important. Definitely make sure that it's a good fit. I think the only yeah. real conflict, if I could even call it conflict, was more if we were talking about something and there was just confusion and I was thinking one yeah. thing and you were thinking the other. And so all we really had to do was really get to the bottom of something and communicate more and talk things out. Which um, is totally understandable because we exactly. both have our own businesses and this is a pa- this was a passion project. So I think we did really good on communication. I think there were definitely a few things because there were so many moving pieces to this. Right. It's really hard to be always on top of it. So yeah. Yeah. And I think, voice, I did a lot so. of voice messaging, which was helpful. But with mm-hmm. voice messaging, you can't search that. So no. that was also like, but um, yeah, that's how we communicated in yeah. case you wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was really helpful. So yeah, being totally. able to plan everything out from the time we wanted to actually have the summit take place to the launch mm-hmm. to then all of the due dates in between and then working back from there based on what needed to be done at one time what time yeah. um i think that was essential um so that we For knew sure. exactly what ne- was left to do what we had already done and completed um and so i think our overall plan and process for creating the Radiant CEO Summit was actually really, really great. And it went really smoothly I think beyond so. like a few hiccups, but they weren't yeah. even any real big hiccups, I think. Right. Yeah. I've heard of summit nightmares. I don't think we had a summit nightmare. Yeah. And so I think too, another reason why we didn't have any of those big nightmares is based on the tech that we decided to go in and what tech we used, how we actually set the summit up, which is what we will be talking about in part two next week, Um, breaking it down with what programs we used, how we organized all of the summit materials, how we set everything up and the actual logistics behind that and why we chose the programs we did. And even if you don't plan on doing a summit that's totally fine. You should still listen to the next episode because all of these tools that we are talking about, you can still use in your business, but in different unique ways. So Mm -hmm. I'm really excited for you to maybe put your creative twist on what we're talking about next week. And before we go, we want to mention that if you totally missed the summit, then that really sucks, but we still (laughs) want you to be a part of it. It's still available. It's still mm-hmm. available. We've bundled it on up just for you, which you can get the all access pass right now, immediate access to it. Yeah, you can get the all access pass and find out more about the summit at radiantceo.com, which is our new website too. So you can check it out, Yay! read a little bit about us. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can click over, read about the summit, see the speakers, what they're talking about, and then grab your all access pass so that you can get immediate access to all of the videos, the audio files. We're giving you the MP3s so you can listen to it on iTunes on the go. I mean, how great is that? Under $40. This is priced at $37. Which is amazing. It is. So go to RadiantCO.com. We will see you over there. And until then, I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye.